Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders that are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders and teams that are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and doing it predictably and sustainably. The Sales Leadership Podcast is proud to be sponsored by Outreach. That's Outreach.io, the leading sales engagement platform. Outreach supports sales reps by enabling them to humanize communications at scale from automating the soul-sucking manual work that eats up sales time to providing action-oriented tips on what communications are working best. Outreach has your back. It's a great product. The company is filled with amazing people. And I can tell you firsthand, Outreach will make your sales org better. Do yourself a favor and check them out today. The Sales Leadership Podcast is also brought to you by Exvoyant, the one-on-one sales improvement platform that's transforming how high-growth sales leaders use Salesforce around the world. If you're one of the 97% of sales leaders that have a sales process but don't have a structured one-on-one coaching process, check out Exvoyant today. The Exvoyant team will show you how your one-on-ones with each rep can drive purpose-driven activities in a way that will change careers in, in, in your organization almost immediately. If you don't have a plan on how you can help every rep on your team improve by at least 10%, Exvoyant can help you grow faster than you ever thought possible. We appreciate each of our listeners and are committed to introducing you to the most innovative, most successful sales leaders in the world. If you like what you hear, please keep those reviews coming on your favorite podcast sites. Your reviews make it easier for more people to find this show and be introduced to these sales success blueprints. Now... Get ready for some sales insights from sales leaders that are making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we have a different kind of show lined up. The leaders that have come on this show inevitably talk about coaching and how crucial it is for a sales team. So today, I'm bringing my coach on the show but it's not the coach you may think. John Madsen works with people around the world, helping them transform their lives. John works with high-performing business people that have let the professional side of their life come at the expense of their health and fitness. John overcame all odds to have an amazing football career as a member of the first NCAA team to bust the BCS, shout out to the Utah Utes, and then play for the NFL for several years. For the last 10 years, John's, John's helped coach professional athletes and top business people to get in the best shape of their lives without sacrificing the time required for success both in family and business. Now, John's business, the Athletic CEO Project, has helped business professionals all around the world create new competitive edges and confidence that comes from having your best self. Now, I want to speak personally for a second before we get started. John's made a massive impact in my life. He's helped me create He's really helped me in my current project of engineering Jepson 2.0 that you guys have helped me talk about several times. He's pumped me up. He's helped me create a well-lit pathway to my success. He slapped me in the face, and yes, he has called bullshit whenever I've needed someone to call it. John's message is something that every single sales leader and every single salesperson needs to hear, and I asked John if he'd be willing to share his message on our show. Now, as we get ready to get started, I want you to trust me. This is going to be a show you're going to want to listen to several times. John walks his talk. He's building a high-growth business himself. He's helping people transform every part of their lives, not just the physical side. And he hosts a podcast that if you're not listening to, I'm going to ask you to all follow by the time this show's done, okay? 
John, I am so glad to have you here. You help people around the world find the next level in their lives. Welcome to the show, and thanks for joining me, my man. Dude, that's quite the introduction, man. I want to meet me now. <laughs> well, I'm excited to introduce you to our listeners. Our listeners, trust me, I love our listeners. Uh, John, we got thousands of people around the world right now that either lead sales teams or aspire to lead sales teams. And one of the things we have never, ever, ever addressed is how there are things more in life than just business. We haven't ever done it. And today you're going to help us. So, so welcome, man. Can, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, man, I can't do better than you already did, but uh, I'm happy to be here, John Madsen, and uh, I hope to provide some value and we can talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. Um, I'm excited to be here, man. I've, I've built business. I'm in the health and fitness industry, you know, so we can talk about whatever, whatever it is that will bring the most value to all of you guys. Well, I, I like one of the things I like about your story, and I think if you could take just two or three minutes, when I first met you, you were helping my son, who's now 19, when he was like, what, how old was Bailey? Like 12 years old, something like that. Yeah. Smallest dude on the team. He's now 6'3". Um, you told your story to him. And what I, I think it's a great way to introduce yourself, how like you were at a career fair and you were told that you had to pick from a list of jobs and your job you wanted was not available. Can you just kind of tell your story in just a couple minutes on, on how you ended up starting the, the business that you have now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? So it started, it started young, man. Professional athlete was like, that was my plan A. That was my plan B. That was my plan Z. And so all like your son, all I ever wanted to do was play sports. And uh, when I was in seventh grade, we had a, we had an assignment where back in the day we had a computer lab and we had to answer, you know, for a whole week, we had to answer question after question after question, ranking different things that would, you know, keep our interest. And so basically the computer at the end of it would spit out our top 10 career choices, which we would then turn into our seventh grade counselor so that that counselor could put us in the right classes moving forward to kind of enhance what we're already interested in. And so as you can imagine, professional athlete was not on the, <laughs> uh, the printout. So we had to fill out a sheet and it had career choice number one and career choice number two. So naturally as a you know, as a seventh grader who knew what he wanted back then, um, I put down professional athlete for choice number one, and I put down professional athlete for choice number two. So when I went into that meeting with counselor, Mr. Beasley, I still remember his name. Because <laughs> he was a Broncos fan, man. And I walked into his office and he had Broncos, everything. And he proceeded to tell me the statistics about how many kids actually went on to play a division one sport. And then further the statistics, how many kids actually would ever become a professional athlete. And you know, that's less than 1%. So that was the first time in my life. I had great parents, man. They told me, believe in your dreams, whatever you think is possible is possible. That's how I was brought up. So this guy was the first guy in my life in, in seventh grade that was like, Hey, John, you need, you need to think about some other things. This isn't realistic. That's why I remember his name, man. Like I don't, I don't remember every single teacher's name, but I remember his name and he was just doing his job. You know, it was a natural thing for him to do, but man, I, that story sticks out for me because it stuck. It stuck. I had something to prove to everybody. Ironically, I never played high school football because I went, I went to the weight room. My very first um, little chance I got when I was a sophomore, I was going to try out for the football team because I'd played since I was 10. And I was the weakest kid in the weight room, man. I was the weakest kid. Crazy. I uh, had 95 pounds come crashing down on my chest. And what I did, though, was I went home, told my dad that I wasn't going to play football, but I begged him to hire a trainer for me because I was like, dude, my friends made fun of me today. 
and they were all stronger than me, but I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them one day that I'm going to be strong and I'm going to be powerful. So, you know, my dad got me in touch with this local guy for the next year. I was there three times a week and this guy crushed me, crushed me every three times a week, three times a week for a year. I put on 25 pounds of muscle. I had confidence just oozing out of me. Ironically, I never played football again in high school because I started to be really good at basketball, but I, I graduated without a college scholarship. I decided that I was going to walk on to a football team at a junior college, and I took that and ran with it, man. I transferred after a year to the University of Utah, played under Urban Meyer, and then uh, reached my dream that I had from the start, which was becoming a professional athlete. Awesome. So that sets the stage, man. I love it because, um, again, there's so many parallels between what you do and, uh, and, and what our listeners are doing as sales leaders. And so I, I want to I shift into it now. So you work, you start as a fitness trainer, you do a lot of cool things. I can speak because I work with you and, and I love what you do. And you work with people around the world, not just people here in your backyard. You have a really cool way of doing it. But one of the things you first told me, John, was your customer primarily is executives, a lot of sales leaders, heads of sales teams, people that are trying to look, do, I wrote the word down. You said crush it. They're trying to crush things and uh, be successful, but it comes at the expense of their physical self sometimes. Yep. Can, can, can you talk just a little bit about that before we get into how you help them? Cause I think the parallels are going to be evident very, very quickly. So I'd like to, cause that's who our listeners are that are listening to you right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. So I'm 37 years old now. I've been building a business. Um, and I started to realize that there was a group of individuals that were driven, probably previous athletes at some point in their life. A lot of guys in sales. Yeah, man. A lot of guys in sales were, whether it's high school or even beyond that, you have this driven personality that you want to succeed. And so you take that energy outside of sport and you put it into business and you put it into numbers and you put it into money and financial and everything. And I started to see these guys, man, who were literally walking ATM machines for their families, like just you know, I'm a, Hey, here I am. I'm a walking ATM machine. My kids love me. We're going to go on vacations. I'm going to buy Louis Vuitton bags. I'm going to give you everything you want. And then that came at the expense of their number one thing. That's going to hold it all together eventually, which is their freaking health, man. And so they, and, and I knew this because I was hearing stories on consultations. Guys would be like, man, I just, I, I got back from the Turks. My wife took a picture of me in the water with my kids. And I looked at this picture and I have man boobs and a belly. And I'm just disgusted with myself, man. But I can buy her Louis Vuitton bags and I can take her around the world and I can do this for my kids. And so what, dude? So what? Like, really? Um, you know, like I, I want to crush business too. And I want to make a lot of money too. But if you don't have both of those together, no matter how you're, how good you're doing right now, even if you're crushing sales and crushing business, you could do better if you were fit and healthy and vibrant and had energy, man. And you know this because no matter if you're selling on the phone or especially if you're selling, you know, knee to knee in person, a person is going to judge you in four seconds. It's been studied. So before you, before you even walk up with a handshake, they're watching you walk in the room. And so when they're watching you walk in the room and you don't have your stuff together health wise, you're not in a tailored suit and you don't exude enormous confidence, even if you can talk with the best of them, dude, they're judging you from moment one. So let's put that pre-frame and give you even more of a chance to close deals because when they walk in, they see somebody with that just exudes confidence, energy, vitality, 
And then combined with the right sales strategies, you'll crush it, man. So I got to ask a question on that, John. So I knew this was going to start us going down the rabbit hole. Now that we've done the intro, you and me are going to be talking shop. And my mission is to not let this go too long because I could talk to you all day, brother. Um, So what you just talked about is if they're selling to someone, whether over the phone or face-to-face, like you talked about, and I get that. My next question is, is that that important or maybe even more important or important at all? I'm going to guess those same things apply. If you're a leader of people and as a leader of people, you certainly are going to be building relationships with them. How important is it to have that same kind of confidence and vitality if you're going to be an effective leader? It's it's enormous, man. And sometimes like, you know, if, if you're, if you built a big company and you know, you make a ton of money, you're going to be, you know, everybody is, everybody is, um, what are we, what would I want to call it? Um, in our brains, primarily we're, we're, um, deciphering where our status falls. Right. And so if you come into the gym and you're not in shape and you're around a bunch of muscly dudes, like in that arena, your status is going to be lower than some guys that are making much less than you. Same thing. If you've got a bunch of muscles and then you go into a financial meeting and dudes that are crushing business, no matter how much muscle you have, your status is lower in that arena that you don't feel uber confident in. But when you're a leader, a lot of times, you know, I I think it's parallel. I think a lot of times fitness and business 100% go together, but sometimes we get out of balance. And as a leader of people, you're not doing yourself any disservice by exuding physically your best you possible, not only for the energy and all of that stuff, but even if you're doing good, I'm saying you can do 10x better if you got your health and fitness and that physicality in order because now you take your people and you're like, man, dude, like John's got his stuff together, man. He's got a family. He spends time with them. He makes this much money. He can crush sales. And look at the dude, man. He's coming in with tailored suits and he just is the epitome of fit. Like nobody, like you're not going to do worse doing that no matter how good you're doing. So I want to talk about that for a minute. So right now we got people, like I said, you got, we got thousands of people that are listening to us right now. They're maybe at the treadmill at the gym right now. Maybe they're walking the dog. Maybe they're stuck in traffic going to work and they're listening to you. I want people to start asking themselves, okay, am I really putting my physical side on the back burner? Cause I was that person. I, I raised my hand. So, you know, on the video side, people see the video side. I'm the dude that like chased success in the office at the expense of other things. Mm-hmm. And it ended up costing me a lot more than just my health to some degree. And, um, and so for people that are smoking it at the office, you know, there are probably some people are smoking it. And what have you seen? Like, and like, like when you see people say, I'm going to be just, I'm going to make sure that I don't treat my physical self as an afterthought, but I'm going to start with my physical self. What kind of stuff do you see? I mean, is it more than just confidence? Do you see it affect other areas of life? Do you see it affect other people? Is it something that needs to be pushed forward or at least given equal consideration? Can you give thoughts around that before we talk about other things? Yeah, man. I mean, at the end, right? If you don't, if you keep pushing it aside, no matter how successful you are, and no matter, you know, whatever reason you want to be successful for, I'm the same, man. I am driven. Like if you, if we did a personality test, dude, like I am driven for a bunch of different things, but I've known for a long time, like that's cool, man. But do you want to be the old 60 year old that has a bunch of money? Do you want to be, you know, do you want to watch your grandkids grow up and, you know, we can get really dark and go down there. You don't want to think about that. Um, but that's the stuff, man, because if, even if you're okay and you're not like, you don't have diabetes and you don't like have anything like really severe right now, but you look in the mirror and you and you just know, because here's the thing, man, if I look in the mirror and I look at myself in the eye 
and I just stare at myself for a second, I want to see high standards in every area. I don't want to just have high standards when it comes to money and business. I also want to have high standards when it comes to taking care of myself, because don't you think that's the epitome of loving yourself, right? You can cover yourself up in gold and, and yeah. jewelry and watches, yeah. bro. But like, if you look at yourself and, and it's not, if you're not keeping yourself to a high standard physically, to me, that's like loving yourself. And then when you have kids that are little, like you're giving them one message and you're not living it yourself. So I want to, I want people to have high standards in fitness and, and both. But at the end of the day, if we go really dark and, and you really need help and you don't ever, you don't ever do anything for it, then it can get really dark when you're 50, 60, you know, 70 years old, you're not going to last. Well, I think you're right. And I think, especially from a leader's perspective, if you know, we have these, our lives are made up of more than just business. And, and I think a, a leader's part of their job is to be a magnet that attracts high caliber people to want to be in the organization. Because if you don't attract high caliber people, your business is going to fail. Yep. And, um, and someone may say, yeah, he's doing, or she's doing really well in that part. She can teach me something for maybe the sales job, but man, their home life sucks. They've been, you know, they can't keep a relationship together and man, they're probably going to die uh, at the age of 40 or whatever, because this, I don't want to be that person. I have to think that, that if people are the world's greatest reflectors and our job is to be a magnet that attracts people, we need to have at least some measure of balance across all parts of our life, in my opinion. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think, you know, I, I think that that's higher level awareness for sure, man. I think people forget about it. To every person you're going to have different, pri your priority list is going to, you know, what, it doesn't matter what you say, you're going to prove it by your actions. But a hundred percent, like a hundred percent, man, because at the end of it, what, what's it all for? That's, that's the question that is going to come up inevitably, maybe not in your twenties, maybe not in your thirties, but in your forties and fifties, at some point you're going to yeah. be like, okay, dude, like, well, awesome. Like, what's this for? Now I have this body that's hurt and it needs surgery. And like, I've never done anything and I'm getting old and I feel like crap. Like then, then, then nothing you've done, like matters in an, in an instant. So John, can, why are you giving me shit right now, John? Why are you giving me shit, man? <laughs> no, man, I, I've, I've done so many consultations, man. And I just hear it. And I, I hear it when people speak to me, man. All right. So let's talk about that. You used a keyword I wrote down. It's actions. So I want to talk about, cause I think our leaders are going to, everything you talk about physical, I think the same things will apply to how you help people develop professionally. Um, so actions, one of the things you told me and you said on your show, and again, you're going to see, hear me endorse your podcast several times. John's podcast is worth, is worth subscribing to. John will give you info on how to do that at the end. John, what's the difference between those that actually do transform and improve and those that don't? There's got to be some things you've seen. You've helped thousands of people. I, haven't, like, I always say for sales, and then I'll shut up and listen to you. I always tell the sales leaders that I work with around the world, I haven't found a salesperson that when they wake up in the morning that says, I want to suck at sales. Mm -hmm. Nobody says that. Probably no one says, I want to have a shitty life or I want to be out of shape or I want to feel bad when I wake up. Nobody wants that. Uh, you've always talked about the model that you, you printed out and you kept, kept with you as King Leonidas, mm -hmm. who I relate to. It's still one of my all-time favorite movies. Okay? Yep. And so nobody says, all things considered, I want to be a slug, all things considered, if I could choose, I'd probably want to choose King Leonidas. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between people that talk about transforming and being successful and those that do? There's a lot of things, man. But I, I, I mean, this goes back to kind of what I call the triad. I got this from Tony Robbins years ago. But on, if you think of a triangle, it has three, three even sides. 
And on this triangle, it'll, it, on one side is your state, on one side is your strategy, and on the other side is your story. Okay, so state, story, strategy. People struggle with fitness a lot of times because they don't have the right strategy. That's, that's 100% true. Um, you know, they're doing keto diet. I mean, not, I'm not going to go deep into fitness stuff, but they're trying fat. They're trying fads. They're cutting out food groups. They're doing stuff that's not sustainable. They might get a little bit of result, you know, in a short amount of time, but inevitably they're going to rebound back. So their strategy is wrong. Their stories are their limiting beliefs. This is the cage. Okay. They're, th- th- this is the cage or the prison that they put themselves in. These are the things that come up where they're saying, I'm too old to do X or these are those limiting unconscious beliefs that are going to absolutely crush a person's ability, no matter what they say or what they do to get the result. So across the board, a lot of people have limiting beliefs when it comes to fitness. And so you have to remove those 100%. That's the mindset stuff. But, and, and then the, and I'll just really finish up. I know you have a question. Um, the, the, the state, this is your emotional state. Okay. And this is where the root of all the problems are actually solved. So most people want to solve the strategy. This is where I'm different from most trainers. There's a million different strategies, man. We can go keto. We can do high carb. We can do low carb. I'll strip fat off your body. It can be, everyone wants to try the, you know, the greatest workout plan or whatever. So they're trying to fix the outcome by fixing the strategy. When in reality, the, what I do is I go all the way back to the emotional state, which is the thoughts that are going through your brain, because if we're going to change an outcome, whether it be sales or um, fitness, here's, the, here's where you've got to ch- ch- change at the root of the problem. The root of the problem is your thoughts. That's your, that, again, that's your emotional state. Your, your thoughts are going to lead to the right behaviors. Your behaviors are going to lead to the right habits. Your habits are going to lead to the outcome. So the outcome, whether it's more money, more sales, or more fitness, everybody's trying to, to put a Band-Aid on the real problem and just go to the strategy or the outcome when they actually need to fix their, their emotional thought process, and that's their state. So this is, I'm so stoked now, man. We, now I'm mad that I spent so much time I spent getting us set up for this. We should have just started here, bro, because I'm fired up right now. <laughs> this is exactly what we do as sales coaches. You know, we, we, we always say don't coach outcomes, coach process, right? We coach the process. If process is good, success is inevitable. If process is weak, success is unsustainable. Uh, you can only win if you get lucky. And, and so I love how you talked about sustainability is, is you know, a strategy has to be sustainable. Uh, that has everything to do as a, as a business leader as well. You got to make sure that what you're doing is sustainable. That you don't have these quick hits and then quick misses and everything in between. But but you said everything starts with the state. And uh, so I want to spend a little time on that because you've spent a lot of time with me on that. And a lot of the things you're doing on your show and the content, your content has been killer lately. Um, your content game is, is really good right now, John. Uh, you're really talking about mindset. Mm-hmm. And so you've, you've addressed it at a high level right now. Uh, I believe that as a sales leader, mindset is everything. I tell people to write down the word I am and then put a blank. And whatever you put in that blank is what's going to be the focus because you can't do anything unless you think about it first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about why mindset becomes so important? Uh, and it's something that we – it's not hocus pocus, man. This is like you said you're different because you don't focus on strategy. You focus on mindset. Can we dive into why that matters maybe a little bit more and, and maybe some mindset lessons that you've learned? hundred percent, man. I'll, I'll give you a story about myself too. And, and this goes back to, you know, me 
never playing high school football, achieving, like, I don't know anybody else that's done that and played in the NFL. So, so, so how many NFL uh, tight ends are there usually in a given year? 90. So there's 90. So you had to be one of the top 90 in the world. Yep. Yeah. And you, and you didn't play that position. No. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was a wide receiver. You're so, a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I had five different head coaches during that four, three and a half year period, which when I was younger, I, I blame that. That was that external thing that I'd be like, man, if I had some stability and blah, 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 if I had something outside of myself, I would have been all pro, blah, 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 blah. Where now, so I had to deconstruct that, man, because my mindset took me to the highest of highs when I didn't know any better. And then in, in a given season, you know, we're not sitting next to each other, but it looks what, like we are on video. Yeah. Like me yeah. to you, you throw me a ball and I drop it all of a sudden because my confidence got shattered. I didn't have the tools to fix it. So inevitably I got sent on the next plane ride out and I was done at 27 years old. I wasn't like, I got okay grades in college, but I wasn't somebody who was always learning. Like, but that, that moment from 27 years old to 37, I dove deep into the mindset and the why that happened to me. So that was very, very interesting to me. And so I, I constructed all of this stuff because now I'm like, I'm not going to make that same mistake in business and family and fitness ever again. So that was like, that was the start of my interest in mindset. Now I know for a fact, if you're trying to change an outcome and you're trying to control an outcome and you're not fixing what's internal inside of you, no matter what you do or what strategy or who you learn from, like you will not succeed. And four years ago, I decided that I was going to take my program online. And so I hired, the first thing I did was uh, I was smart enough to hire a coach. This thing popped up on the Facebook feed. I watched a webinar. I got on the phone and I had to drop 10K on a program that was going to teach me how to do Facebook ads, get leads, do a webinar and close on the phone. Okay. And I was like, and this was the first time I really got hard closed too. The dude's like, it's 12K okay. tomorrow. It's 12K tomorrow or it's 10K right now. I was like, dude, you don't know my wife, man. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm not trying to be the guy who needs to ask permission, but like, I got to ask permission, man. And he's like, well, you can pay 12K tomorrow then. And so he did his old objection overcome and I pulled out the credit card, gave him 10K and I had to take my wife out to dinner. I bought some cocktails and I was like trying to tell her, I'm like, babe, I just dropped 10K. And mind you, like I made, <laughs> you know, I made, I made, I made about 400K for three years straight when I was 22, 23, 24. So that was good money for a young yeah. kid. Awesome, right? But, you know, I started a business, I had, I bought a house and I wasn't extravagant with my money, but I'm sitting there at, you know, 30 years old and all the NFL money with taxes and playing in California and agent, everything, dude, like I watched that money, like the most amount of, I've ever had in my bank account from football was like 300 K buying the house and doing all this stuff. Like I watched that go all the way down to less than 10 K. Wow. So yeah. People might think like, oh, John, he played in the NFL, like everything he does now and his lifestyle is built on that. No, dude, I was undrafted. Like I, I got $5,000 in a, in a plane ticket. There was no millions. So when I say I dropped 10K, it was like, dude, like that was nervous for me at that time in my life. Like that wasn't something that I just, you know, could do. I put yeah. it on a credit card. I took my wife to dinner and I was like, babe, she's like, what's the matter with you? She could tell I wanted to tell her something. I'm like, I just bought this program. It was 10 K and, but don't worry about it. I'm going to get my money back because now I know how to get leads and I know how to do all this stuff. And in this program, even though the strategy, so they gave me the strategy and they kept preaching to every single person that wasn't succeeding, that it, that it was your mindset it was your limiting beliefs. And I'm like, dude, 
I played in the NFL without playing high school football. Like it's not my mindset. It's not. I'm my a badass. Leave me alone. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Just do. Just give me the right funnel, man. Give me the right funnel. Tell me how to write the right copy, and I'll crush. And I didn't. I'm like, no, it doesn't work because this. Right. That was my story part of it. I kept making these stories, and then I hired another coach that was like 24k for the year, and I'm like, this guy gets it because he's in fitness. Those other guys were selling a bunch of B2B stuff. They weren't selling B2C. And I'm like, that was my story. You can't sell 5K to B2C. Like, no way. Like, this is fitness. And so I got this fitness coach and, you know, he had his rundown on it. And like, it didn't work again. And so over this four-year period, man, up until 2019, really, I hired a mindset coach. And this mindset coach, your guys might, some of your guys definitely know about this stuff. It's NLP. So I'm, I'm certified NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. He went in and like did wizardry on my brain and broke down my limiting beliefs. What he did was he had nothing to do with fitness. I had all these price constraints built up in my head from unconsciously like holding me back. And I shifted paradigm almost in a moment. And this is why my podcast has turned from like fitnessy to mindsetty. Yeah, okay? for sure and, it has. And this guy in an instant switched my paradigm. And all of the stuff that I learned kind of took me to here where we are today. But looking back, the strategy was right four years ago. In fact, it was a better opportunity four years ago. Leads were cheaper. Facebook ads were easier. So like it, had I just had the mindset four years ago, I would have crushed four years ago. But I had to learn this lesson on my own and I'm a slow learner, I guess. But what really set me free was taking those stories that I built up in my head, those limiting beliefs that we all have, that something's holding us back. Because I know that if you're listening to this right now, you have a part of you that feels a certain way. It's not integrated with the whole part of you. And you have a part of you that thinks some sort of way and you cannot integrate it and it's holding you back and you have these stories about external stuff. I stopped blaming everything external. I started playing a game with myself that every single thing in this universe is created by me internally. And I started to play this alchemist game where I can mold my external if I fix my internal. Dude, we're talking about sales. We're talking about fitness. I work with executives. I have $30,000 packages. I sell $5,000 over the phone, like at a 90% close rate. So like, so you're talking I, like a sales guy right now. You're talking about win rates and ACV yeah. and all that. Here it comes, man. I'm a, I'm a fitness, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an artist in the fitness industry, but I'm an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm kind of made that switch to an entrepreneur and marketing. And like, I, I think my program's the best there is as far as fitness goes. But dude, who, who cares if it's, who cares if it's good, if you can't sell it. And that's what I was struggling with for four years. Like, dude, I'm trying, like, I couldn't sell it at a thousand dollars. And now because I fixed my mindset stuff and I fixed that internal unconscious limiting belief stuff, but now I get on the phone and I'm like, dude, it's not, it's not a problem now. And so now I have all these fitness professionals like, John, how do you do that, man? Like, how do you sell that B to C? And I'm like, it's all internal, man. Like you got to believe it first. And they told me that four years ago and I wanted to punch them in the face because I just wanted the funnel and the strategy. And I'm telling you guys, it's not about that. Okay. Mindset. I love it. So let, before I get off of mindset, I, cause I'm watching the clock cause John, you know, I love what you do. I, I eat you up, man. And so, yeah. um, sales leader. So they have a team of call it eight sales reps. Okay. Um, most of them are talking about being data driven. We'll talk about that. Maybe if we have time, they're talking about hitting a number, they're talking about, you know, sales leaders get fired, you know, in, in 18 months right now, because you can have one bad year, not two. Uh, with all this pressure a sales leader has to hit a friggin' number, 
should a sales leader be focused on mindset with their reps? hundred percent, dude. It, Cause it, it's all going to come down to it's dude. It's going to come down to two things, man. It's going to come down to perception. Okay. It's going to become, it's going to come down to perception and focus. If I could bottle this whole mindset thing up that I learned, if you're focused on getting even those. So the whole, the whole premise of NLP is your, your language patterns. Okay. How we speak is, is constructing our worldviews. Right. And so people always want to talk about worst case scenario, or they want to bring examples. Like you just said, sales, Hey, sales leaders get, um, you know, 18 months and they're gone. If that's their perception and that's their focus, they're going to keep pulling examples. Okay. They're going to keep pulling examples of that. That's all they're going to see. It's like you wanting a Corvette and you're like, man, I really want this Corvette. And then all of a sudden on the way home from the dealership, you start seeing, you see three Corvettes. Were they always there or was it coincidence? Right? No, you noticed it. And so here's, here's another story just to answer your question. I started struggling in 2018 because I thought I was a genius in Facebook ads and then they got harder. So anybody who's running cold traffic will know this leads went up. And so I started blaming Facebook once again, dude, John's, John's a genius. It's Facebook's problem, blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I was in this gym owners group where people, people went from crushing it to struggling. And then I was validating my own struggle with their struggle. I was like, oh, it's not just me. It's their gym in Florida. It's their gym and everywhere. They screwed up the algorithm and now we're all victims. Right? Yep. Yep. So, so I started, I started getting comfort. I was starting to gain comfort from seeing other people struggle because then it protected my own ego. I hired this mindset coach and he's like, don't talk to them anymore, man. Like delete the group. Really? I don't want you to focus on like all, if you're going to, if you're going to try to reach out to somebody or learn from somebody, you make sure they're crushing it. I only want you to focus on crushing it. Because all of the stuff you're focused on, you're just going to bring more into it. And so I turned it around like, dude, so fast, man. And it was this internal mindset shift. If somebody's struggling and they're thinking about what they don't want to happen, like they're going to get exactly what they don't want to happen. And so if I ask people, the first thing I do is like, what's your goal, man? And I do business coaching too. So it's like, what's your goal? Like, what's your target? And they're like, well, if they're not clear on it, so many people can say what they don't want well, I don't want this to happen. I don't want to get fired in 18 months. It's like, that's where you're headed, man. Until you, until you change that, until you change that perception of seeing that, and then you change that focus to what you actually want, nothing's going to change. And so if you're a sales leader, you are 100% the person that has to provide the aim and focus of where you want the people under you to succeed because they're, they're, they're going to be wandering all over the place. So the people who are great are going to bring the mindset, the whole mindset deal into it and make sure that their focus is 100% aiming to what they want, not what they're scared of or afraid of. Okay. So I only have about 10 more minutes left with you, brother. So I've got two more things I want to talk about, but I can't get off of this yet because I love, it's like speaking to me so much. So you just told me they need to focus on it. You gave me a great example. Is there like a pointer or two uh, that, that a leader could take on either what they should do to, to have this positive mindset or how do you help the reps on your team create a positive mindset? Any, any kind of pointers that you could share one or two things? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's hard, right? It's, I mean, it's definitely hard to control somebody else's mindset. Right. And so yeah, that's where, yeah. that's where being a leader, like, like you've had to slap me in the face on more than one occasion. You've, you've had, you've had to tell me like man up basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we talk about goal setting and all that stuff, right? Like, and, and people do that. They write goals down. They never hit them a lot of times and for a lot of reason. But 
as, as a leader, if your focus is off and you're speaking differently to the team, unconsciously, we can pick up the incongruency. That's where it, that's what the whole point of all of this is like, you have to be the person that they're going to follow. And once they see Rob crushing it and your focus is on point and your mindset is on point, you can, they, you're, you're going to lead them naturally. It's going to be very unconscious and natural for you to lead them. If they're struggling, you're going to pick up the things that they're saying like, well, you know, and, and here's the stuff, here's the stuff you look out for as a leader you got to be careful if you have like a cyclical business in the, in the fitness industry, it's like January's fire, February sucks. Right. And so if you're like, well, February traditionally sucks in the blah, 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 or February is traditionally for our company, this, you will not ever break that pattern because you are, you keep speaking it almost into existence. And so, and, and it's not true. We can deconstruct that because is everybody in your industry across the board, 100% of them, struggling in February, or is there a chance that maybe one pe- one person, one competitor is absolutely crushing it in February, why 90% of people aren't. And if there's one, that means it's possible for all. Love it. All right. That's good. I got to get to, there's two other things at least. I'm, I'm going to run out of time, John. That's okay. I could, I could see you being like our quarterly mindset coach we get on this show from time to time. I love it, time, dude. Give me, just give me a percentage. <laughs> Yeah, well, we give everything away for free here on the Sales Delicious <laughs> Podcast, man. Love um, it. Uh, literally, I do this like you because I love our profession so much. I, I literally love our profession. And sales leaders don't have people to help them. We don't. No. It's a no. lonely spot, man. So one of the things you've talked to me about, and I've heard you talk about your show, that I think has everything to do with sales. So sales leaders are supposed to hit a number, yes. But what we found is those that are really good at developing people do lots better than those that say, let me just hire the best people and get out of their way. Okay. Mm. And so you've talked about progress versus perfection. I've heard you talk about it on your show. You've talked about it to me. It has everything to do with a sales leader as well. Can you talk a little bit about progress versus perfection? Yeah, man. So perfection is the lowest, the lowest human standard a person could have. Perfection is a fixed mindset. Perfection is never being able to live up to this ideal that is not even possible. Perfection is protecting the ego so that, you know, as a child, maybe you were a perfect little Johnny or whatever. And if you're not perfect, mom and dad aren't going to love you. Like it goes deep, right? Right. What perfection does is lead to pro- procrastination. It's never going to be the right time to start a workout program. People want to say they want to start on Monday because then they have this and they're waiting for the right time. It's never the right time to pick up the phone and call and do the process. But the perfectionism is, well, is the killer of more people's dreams than anything else. But what you want to be is like the rocket headed to the moon, right? Like Elon Musk has these rockets that go to the moon and almost can land down. And what he said was that every time that a rocket launches, it's always two to three degrees off, but it's making micro adjustments along the way. The rocket knows that its target is the moon. So they, they're focused on that one target. You're never going to go there in a straight line. You're going to be off. You're going to be off kilter here and there, two to three degrees, But what you have to do is make progress and adjustments. And the person that can make adjustments the fastest is the person that's going to succeed and hit their target. While the other person is paralyzed in this fear of perfection that doesn't even exist. So like it, no matter what you're doing, if you're chasing perfection, you're going to get slapped in the face. It's all progress. So John, I got to put, this is awesome. I just wrote something down. You didn't say that the one that's the most perfect wins. You said the one that makes the most adjustments, the fastest wins. And so our, our job as leaders is to help people make adjustments fast. Yep. We should be course correcting 
daily, monthly, weekly. We should, we should have a culture that we are always adjusting. We aren't just like sitting on here and riding and hope that we land in the right spot. The one that adjusts the fastest wins, not the one that's the most talented or the most perfect or the most fortunate wins. Am I interpreting that right? Yeah, 100%, man. 100%. And so it, it goes back to growth mindset versus fixed mindset, right? And so that, I mean, that has so much carryover. But yes, it's important to know your targets. It's important to know the outcome. It's, but it's like you said, you can be a slave to the outcome and be up and down forever, or you can be a slave to the process. And part of the process, though, is that you're making adjustments because sometimes like I keep going to Facebook ads. They're not the same as they were two years ago. It put people out of business in a lot of industries because of the lead cost rose and people didn't adjust. They were fixed on one strategy. That's why the strategy is the least important of the triad. The strategy can be changed over and over and over and over again until you get it right. But it's never going to be right until the, the state changes because you can't create inspiring work in an uninspired state. Michelangelo can't paint the picture that's in his brain first if he's uninspired so you start at the state you have the target and the strategy can go like i said two to three degrees off but it's never ending constant improvement from the leader's point of view and the team's point of view and you have to bring that out in your culture because if they're afraid of making mistakes they're stuck in that perfection if they come to you rob and they're like they're, they're just afraid of you because they made a mistake and I have to check myself. Sometimes I intimidate my own people. You want to celebrate progress and not perfection. So that's uh, so good, John. So good. We could have done a whole show just on that. Last thing I want, we got, we got like literally like three minutes. Um, and there's, I want to finish with a couple of questions at the end. Uh, you've once, I've heard you talk about this and I thought this would apply. You have your kind of attributes of a champion that I've heard you talk about. Yeah, I think that those apply to being a great leader if you're leading a sales team as well. Yep. Would you mind just running through those just at a kind of a high level because we don't have a lot of time left, but I think it's a huge value to our listeners to kind of get that in their head as they wrap up this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And um, I probably said it a couple different ways, but dude, the, the most important thing is attitude, man. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Like attitude, attitude is one of the things that you control and only you control and you make that choice every single day. If your attitude is not of a winner, is not of a champion, is not of progress, like you, 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 you aren't going to succeed. You're going to be an anchor to your team. And so if I just, you know, on a really high level and speak to one attribute and not get too detailed, it's control your attitude, which again, think about it, goes right back to that emotional state. We get to choose every morning and there's bad things that happen to good people. There's bad things that happen to bad people, man. But like, you still get to make that choice. You're either going to be reacting to it or you're going to be proactive in choosing how you are going to present yourself to that outside world. Love it. So I want to go through the last, um, I always ask a couple questions. I'm not going to do all of them, but there's two I want to, you're not really prepared for that. I didn't tell you how to do this, but I want cool. to, I can't, awesome. I, you got the depth. It won't be a problem. Um, I often ask sales leaders, what's the biggest sales leadership challenge they face and how do you, how do you break it? That's the way I finish with. I'm not going to ask you the biggest sales leadership challenge, but you help people transform. And sales leaders, their job is to help salespeople transform. So I'm interested in your answer this way. What's the biggest transformational challenge you see and how do you, how do you help someone overcome it? They don't believe they can do it. So How do you help them overcome that? They got to borrow your belief. You got to be so certain 
you got to be so certain that they can be like, I don't believe it myself right now, but John believes in me so much. Like I'm going to borrow that for a second. Love it. Good answer. Um, which means you got to believe, man. You got to believe. If you don't believe, nobody's going to believe. Which reminds me of my, one of my favorite books is by Phil Knight, Shoe Dog. I don't know if you've read Shoe Dog. I haven't. I've I've wanted to. You've given me some, put it on your list, man. It's the story of how he founded Nike. And he has a statement in there that says belief is contagious. And he believed that those shoes that he was selling, because he believed it, it was interesting what it did. He just said that the power of belief, it's it's contagious. Um, So that's the second one. And I'm not going to ask you the third one, but we found that leaders are readers. And you've talked a lot about being this lifelong learner. Is there anything you would recommend to our listeners that want to like extend and and enhance their leadership journey? Anything you, is there a book or maybe even two that you would recommend they put in their list of things to read? Man, I read so much, man. I read so much. It's like trying to think back to like the most transformative uh, stuff. Um, In the past year, man, like some, some things have hit me. Um, The subtle art of not giving a F, you know, I won't. um, and, And that was just transformative because I think so many people on an unconscious level truly cares what a person really thinks, right? And if you're a salesperson and you, and, and you at, on some level, you have to just be authentically you. And so the whole message of the book is kind of misleading from the title. Yeah. What it's really saying is find you, find the essence of you and that's good enough. And that dude, that that's transformative right there. I love um, that book. Yeah. That's that, that was, that was a great book. There's another one. So two other ones that I think every person should read. Um, Napoleon Hill, everybody on here has probably read, um, think and grow rich, but that's not my favorite one. Outwitting the devil is the mm. book that I would recommend. That I don't know that one. Yeah. That, that one, that one is like, I ripped through that one and that message is, is awesome. And then mindset. It's a, it's a, um, a PhD wrote it. Um, and it talks about the growth and fixed mindset in parenting in business what takes businesses from great, I mean, good to great. And you said it, the, the businesses that go from good to great are the ones who develop talent and leaders, not hire it. And so yep. basically, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of other stuff in that book, but mindset outwitting the devil. Um, I love the subtle art. And then I also love David Goggins book. He's it's a little darker. Like I would never, you got it. Yeah. See, David, yeah, David Goggins, this is how it hit me. I would never want to do what he does, right? Like I look at his life and it's really, it's really dark what he does, right? Yep. I'm like, dude, that's not my life. Like I'm much, you know, I, I, I don't want to do what you do, dude. But the no. message hit me that yeah. how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it raised my standards to what I wanted. And that's what I talk about. So that, that one really hit me in an interesting way this year too. Those are amazing. John, <clears throat> we, we've gone longer than I told you we'd go, and I apologize, but our, our listeners will give me tons of feedback and thank me. How do my listeners connect with you? How do they pick up your content? Because I'm telling you, your content is good. Thanks. It has everything to do with leaders. It has everything to do with sales, salesmanship. It has everything to do with progression and growth. How do they get your content? How do they connect with you? If they want to talk to you, if they want to you know, ask questions to you, if they want to follow your podcast, can you introduce to our listeners how they connect with you? Yeah, probably. I mean, probably the easiest way is on Instagram, John Madsen official. Okay. If you type in John Madsen, I'll probably pop up. Um, the podcast is called the show and I it's love just the name, a, but it's the yeah, show, man. The show. Yes. <laughs> and so that you can, you can find the link on Instagram. If you want to follow that, it's kind of hard to search in iTunes. And if you want a website that talks about like the actual fitness stuff, because what I do, I tell, I tell everyone, man, I transform business guys into business athletes. Yep. That's basically what I do. Um, www.athleticaf.com. 
CEO.com. That'll get you to a short 12 minute video that might punch you in the face that might slap you awake. It will. Um, and if you, if it does, if it does, and you're serious, there'll be a link to my calendar. We can hop on the phone and talk about how I might be able to help you. So let me, let me just back that up. Cause our listeners know me a little bit. They, they listen, they trust me. Listen, John is a dude that is no bullshit. I listen to John's podcast pretty much every day when I'm driving to my office. It is less about fitness and more about winning. And so you need to listen to it. Number two, if you have a chance to connect with John, you should. Uh, John, I mean, you just got a tiny, tiny taste of John today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you need to. Right? It doesn't matter where you are or who you are. Uh, if you want to be that, that uh, business athlete, hit him up. John, you're the man, brother. Thanks for joining us. I, 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 I'm confident this will not be the last time. I, mindset is so important with what we do. I could see you being a couple time a year fixture on here or, or maybe even more because I think it has everything to do with what we do. And I just can't thank you enough. Thanks for what you've done for me personally. Uh, on behalf of our listeners, thanks for joining us and giving us about an hour of your time today. And, and John, as we say to everyone, man, happy selling and go get it. Yes, sir, man. Thank you for uh, having me and good luck, man. Hey everyone, welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, I need to thank our friends at Outreach for their support of the Sales Leadership Podcast and for helping us showcase great leaders like John Madsen and take a closer look at what leaders can do to be more helpful to each member of their team, because that's exactly what Outreach is all about, helping managers help each rep be as successful as they possibly can. Outreach will help you create sales engagement your reps and your customers will thank you for, and they'll do it at scale very quickly. Outreach is built by salespeople for salespeople, and they know how to help you scale. That's why they're a manager and a salesperson's best friend. Now, this show today was a different kind of guest. John Madsen helps sales leaders and company executives become the best versions of themselves. He started out just focusing on fitness, but he learned quickly that mindset is an individual's greatest catalyst or most permanent limiter. I'm going to say that again. He found that mindset is an individual's greatest catalyst or most permanent limiter. And I think if we think about that as a sales leader, you'll understand why I thought it was so important to have him on the show today. I brought John on the show because he's my coach, mine. He works with me. Not just a fitness trainer for me, my coach. He's helped me chart a course to what I'm calling Jepson 2.0, and he's been amazing. He's called BS when he's found me feeling sorry for myself or making excuses. He's given me a hand when that's what I've needed. Other times, he's been my cheerleader telling me I can do it, but knowing that I got to do the work rather than him doing it for me. Um, He spent a tremendous amount of time working with me on my mindset, and his mindset work is what's made all the difference. I would argue that as sales leaders, we need to take a page out of John's book. If you listen to all the kind of laws and rules that he alluded to a little bit on our show today, the, the things that make you a champion, those are the things that make you a sales champion. The, 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 you know, all those kind of things that we, that we talked about, they have everything to do with you as a sales leader. I, I believe as sales leaders, we often see our reps as a means to an end. The people that will get us to the goal, Right. And we help them get the skills and have a culture that will help them do as much for us as they possibly can. But we don't realize that if we help each rep become the best version of themselves, they'll do more than anyone ever, ever realized, you know, primarily themselves. That's how you move away from being a good manager 
to becoming a leader that's legendary. And that's the word I want you to think about as I finish this so what today. How do I become legendary in the life of each person that worked for me? Not just because I got them to sell more, but because they became the best version of themselves. So we are people, we're not bots, right? Um, there was a time that people said salespeople are just coin operated and maybe there's still some of them around today, but it's a lot less than it used to be. And I found that the most important thing to get right is your mindset. Um, excuse me. As you listen to this, please take out a pen and a paper and write down these two words. I am, and then put a blank. So you should have, I am, and then a blank. Um, whatever you write in that blank, that's what you're most likely going to end up becoming. So if you write, I am frustrated, then you're going to have a frustrating year. If you write, I am empowered, then you're going to go places this year. If you write, I am going to have the best year of my career, most likely that's what's coming down the path for you. Okay. Um, the point is it's impossible to do something without thinking about it first. So I want you to start thinking about your personal I am and just as important, the I am's of the people on each, each of the people on your team. I think as a leader, if you understand their I am moments, you're going to be a lot more successful leader. Earl Nightingale had a famous speech, a radio speech he gave a long time ago before there was TV. And it was called The Strangest Secret. It's, it, stood the test, it's, excuse me, it stood the test of time. And I love to share it when I do sales kickoffs. He compared a person's brain to a farmer's field. Now imagine taking two rows in that field, and on the left you plant corn, and on the right you plant nightshade, one of the world's deadliest poisons. If you cover them both up, fertilize them both, water them both, and let the sun shine down on them both, what does the ground return to you? On the left you'll get corn. On the right you'll get poison. Okay? The point was, the ground doesn't care or even distinguish if the seed is good or bad. It just returns what you plant. And he correctly pointed out that your mind is the exact same. If you plant good things and focus on them, then you will accomplish good things. If you plant negative things and focus on them, then that's what's going to happen. The mind does not distinguish. The point is, it's impossible to do something without focusing on it first. Um, I've said that twice in this portion now. I'll say it a third time. You cannot do something without thinking about it first. So be very careful what you think about as a leader. Be just as careful about what your reps are thinking about and what you help them focus on. My advice to you is to help each person on your team set powerful I am statements. Literally, have them write down I am blank. Or make some pages like that and have them fill them out. And I get fired up when I have reps that are attending SKOs that I'm speaking at email me with their I am foundations. I always respond and encourage them to share these with their leader as well. It's interesting to me um, how as sales leaders, we don't focus on the mindset as much as we might. And as I've worked with John Madsen and I found him talk about mindset above all else. Um, I, I just wanted you all to hear that same kind of message from him on the show today. So I'm going to challenge you with this. Do you know your personal I am moments? The next one is, do you know the I am moments and the I am foundations of your reps on your team? Are you helping them accomplish these I am's? Are you helping them become the best versions of themselves? In addition to training them to have better sales skills, um, are you encouraging them to have a strong physical growth plan as well? Strong physical bodies create better opportunities for success. It's just an undeniable fact. Finally, are you helping manage the mindset? Make sure the mindset is a catalyst, not a limiter. 
Listen, I can't encourage you enough to follow John. Um, seriously, go find him. Go follow him. I am lucky to have him as my coach. Guys like Doug Landis have coached me and helped me become a better sales leader. But having John Madsen has helped me chart a better course on who I want to be and how I want to get there. So go listen to John's podcast. It's addictive. Seriously, I binge listen to it. I listen to it to and from work every day. Pretty short episodes. I think you'll find them that they, they pump you up. They fire you up. Follow him on all the social channels because he will fire you up. He'll, he'll get you excited about what you want to accomplish. Um, and then use that to fire up and help your reps navigate the deep waters of their lives as well. So I hope you like this episode. I hope that it's okay that we took a little different path this time. I, I felt like it was appropriate. I hope it's one that will get your attention. Thanks to John for joining me. John, you're an amazing human being, and I'm lucky to have you in my life. Thanks also to Outreach for their support of the Sales Leadership Podcast. Outreach is the leading sales engagement platform. Supercharge your revenue building efforts and check out Outreach today. Kudos to Outreach for deciding to shut down their amazing conference, Outreach Unleashed, this year. A tough call, but the right call. Uh, instead, be sure to sign up for their remote conference. They have a killer conference that they're going to bring remote to anyone who wants to participate. I'll be having a presentation on overcoming the sales leadership crisis. It brings brand new material and something I'm excited to share. Most of all, thanks to each of you, our listeners. The show is growing faster each week, and I cannot thank you enough for the support and the shares. If you like today's show, please, please, please head to iTunes and give us a five-star review, as this is the best way for the show to grow and for me to continue to get access to the best sales leaders in the world. So here's to the best week of the year. And as always, don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thanks for joining us for the Sales Leadership Podcast, your weekly pipeline to the most successful thought leaders and rainmakers in sales. Make sure to check out additional episodes at salesleadershippodcast.com. The Sales Leadership Podcast is produced by Brian Jepson and is sponsored by Exploit, the modern sales leadership platform for salesforce.com users. You can visit Exvoyant at exvoyant.com.